chapter 6, Proverbs 24, and John chapter 6. Also, the Engbergs um, are in Japan. Speaking of them, Brother Marcus does a great job, and appreciate that. Thankful for him uh, filling in. That is a blessing. We don't have B team. We have AA teams. We have the other A teams. I like it. It's good stuff. I was talking to, I was talking to somebody. They, I, I can't. Rem, I don't remember where I, I. I think this was today. Maybe it was some other day. But this team, yeah, it was today. It was a conversation earlier today. This team, they always finished in second. So they just referred to themselves as the B team because they knew they were they were going to finish in second. But man, we don't we don't have second place. We just have different gold medalists around here. I like it. Y'all are enjoying this, but I am. It's a it's a blessing, and I am thankful for that. So continuing this uh, this series, why West Valley is a Baptist church. Uh, message number five in this, and the title is a question: Why not change the name? So why not change the name? And all of that, and so, want to try to deal with this dynamic beginning next week. And I'll I'll will probably say this again in the message, just as a reminder. We're going to start dealing with our specific doctrinal positions, and and just just so that you can know, and you need to be aware of that. And so, um, but I want to I want to answer this question. It's a trend that's been going on for several decades now. Is this trend to try to identify yourself differently by changing your name and just why we we haven't done that and why I have no intention of doing that again what it means and what it doesn't mean is what I'm really going for all right so Proverbs 24 verse 21 my son fear thou the Lord and the king and then it says this and meddle not with them that are given to change it ought to bother you that so many politicians are constantly running on a platform of change. Like, it, like if everybody's always trying to change stuff, why do things keep getting worse? <laughs> I think at some point somebody would ask <laughs> that question. Um, meddle not with them that are given to change. It, we, we hear this all the time. It's a monster in our culture. Man, we need to, we need to change, change, and change, and it's more change, and it's and it's changed. I'm not going to ask it yet, but there's an important question that you need to ask before you decide on a change. And so I'm going to leave you hanging in suspense on that. Turn over to John chapter 6, please. This is actually the answer to the question in Proverbs 24. I'm not going to tell you, but if you, if you pay attention, you'll see it. This is the answer to Proverbs 20, or the question to Proverbs 24, the important question. In, Pro, in John 6, verse 66, that from that time, Jesus said something that was really hard for people to understand. Uh, please get this. People just don't stop following in our day. People stop following in his day. You know, you, you know, sometimes it's not actually that we're doing anything wrong. 
You know this man, somebody that I thought was really whatever you, label you want to put on it, I, th- I thought they were really this, and they're, you know, what, what's going on? That means something is wrong here. Well, sometimes it might, but not all the time, because there were people that stopped following Jesus. And so Jesus, in verse 67, said unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Now, he's not emotionally manipulating them. He's asking them a legitimate question. Hey, you see all of these disciples. Now, go back to verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. It, it, we're not talking about shallow people. We're talking about people who had demonstrated a serious level of commitment. And they said, after a particular conversation, they said, we, we are having a hard time processing this and it's just easier for us to go in a different direction. These were not spiritual flakes. But they encountered something that was hard. And then, but rather than working through the hardship, they decided, eh, we're just going to go do something else. And so Jesus looks at the 12. He said, will you also go away? Verse 68 is so important. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? No, and he, he goes on to make this statement, which is amazing. Thou hast the words of eternal life. But I want to get the principle, and I'm not going to say it yet, but we'll deal with it. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, and here's the question that you need to ask in response to the pressure to change. That's referenced in Proverbs 24. To whom shall we go? There are two thoughts about change that we've read about. In Proverbs 24, the Bible warns against reactionary change, consistently or constantly shifting and changing. And it's why, as a side note, following trends is so dangerous and detrimental. In John 6, if you do change, please get it, it's not just about what you're trying to get away from. You need to ask yourself, where are we going to with this? So many times people change simply trying to get away from one thing without considering where that change is going to lead them to. Now, it doesn't mean that change isn't necessary. It just means that it needs to be approached with a broad circumspect view and with an awareness that this isn't just about getting away from something. We've got to be careful about where we're going to end up with this. Because every change, every change doesn't just take you from something, it also takes you towards something as well. The point is tonight is not. Please, please get this. You know my heart, and if you don't know my heart, it, especially for those that are new, I, that's fine. But if you don't know my heart, if you've been here for a while, I, there's not much else that I can do about this. But the point tonight is not to criticize churches who have decided to change their names that's that's not the point i'm not i'm not i i i couldn't possibly make comments on why everyone's done it without having intimate conversations with everyone that's chosen to do it that's not the point you understand that my heart as the pastor of this church is what this church does now while i want god however he sees fit to use us to be an influence to his work in as many places as possible. And notice I did not say me. 
I said us, and that was a very intentional use of that pronoun because we are a part of a, a church family whose reach, if God so chooses, can be felt in many places. I want God to use us to influence his work in as many places as he chooses, but my primary concern is this church family. So tonight, I'm not, I'm not if, if you've been a part of something or know of something, I'm not talking about what other people have done. I'm talking about the direction that we're going. Do we, you understand that tonight? Okay. So let me ask you some questions that I've been asking. From what you can tell of this and of other statements that I've made, do I believe that Baptist churches are the only true churches? No, I've, I've tried to make that clear. I, it's, it's impossible for me to know that. Do I believe that every Baptist church is a true church that's genuinely following Jesus Christ? No, I definitely don't. There are are other churches that don't have Baptists in the name that are sincerely trying to follow Jesus. And, And by the way, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to follow him. But I want you to be aware of this. There aren't nearly as many as you think there are. Just like there aren't nearly as many Baptist or churches with the name Baptist in the sign who are actually following the truth as you think they are. As you think there are. I'm listen, you can you can do your own research in this, but the more you get out there and the more you explore and the more you research and interact with there continues to be a significant departing from the truth of the word of God. Shows up doctrinally. Sometimes doctrinal statements can be right, but the application and the philosophy of that doctrine is so far out there. And people are ending up in ditches all over the place. It is becoming increasingly more and more. Okay, so the... What we've been trying to deal with is why are we a Baptist church? I'm going to remind you of last week. Well, number one, we were started by a Baptist out of a Baptist church. <laughs> Baptist does not define a denominational body for us. Does it for others? Yes. I can't help what everybody else does. Historically, that was not the point of the label. The point of the label that we tried to demonstrate last week was by critics who wanted to label people who opposed infant or pre-salvation baptism. That, that was the point. And so it came to define a body of doctrine. And while there were some differences throughout the centuries from the time of Christ to today of of those different groups, there was consistency in some really core things. And so we're not about, we do not belong to a denomination. Okay. I don't, nobody, and and this is going to be one of the things that we talk about so it's a little redundant. Nobody outside of West Valley has anything to say about what West Valley does. I don't, I don't get letters. I don't get notices. I don't get requests for statistics on, hey, what decision did you make and who is your leadership? No one outside of West Valley decides anything about West Valley. We, through our missions program and love offerings, choose to invest in different ministries. But none of those investments require that anyone outside of us has anything to say about the direction that we go. We're not a part of a denominational body. We are a local 
church. And when we use the term independent, that's what we mean. We are autonomous. We're not a de- part of a denominational body. There are Baptist denominations with whom I have many severe disagreements. It's not denominationalism. It defines, historically, it has defined a body of doctrine. There's a trend that started maybe back in the 80s, according to some research I did, that's kind of the agreement, and, and I didn't try to dig too deep into this, but there's a trend away from having specifically the name Baptist, but even other denominational references. Um, it began early in the 80s, picked up steam the following decade with congregations dropping the name And this is a quote, but maintaining relationships with their original denominations and associations. Okay, so here's a fair question. If you're maintaining the associations, why would you not be honest about that in the name of your church? Also, just as a warning, many churches do this to hide what they really believe and practice. It's a trend to give these names that don't indicate anything to hide things that they know might be a turnoff to some people. Look, I've seen this in in the charismatic movement, and especially in the South where I'm from. We're we're not going to call it the traditional, um, we're not going to call it the traditional denominational name that people would be familiar with. We're just going to give it some generic new name, and then people come in, and they're either sucked into or confused by or realize, man, this is just like these other things. They just change the name to conceal it or to not indicate it. But why? And I'm not saying that's everybody's intention. They just do it sometimes. Why? Well, let's be honest. We need to be honest about what's going on in churches. Really bad stuff has happened using the name of Jesus Christ and using the positions of biblical authority that God did ordain, but the use of those have been very abusive. That has happened, and it's happened in Baptist churches. That's a true statement. And we do ourselves no favors by being intellectually dishonest about that. But I want to give you another piece of intellectual honesty. Churches with the name Baptist in them aren't the only ones that have issues. Not the only ones that have had doctrinal departings from the truth. They're not the only ones that have moral failings in the leadership. They're not the only ones that have adopted worldly and fleshly philosophical approaches or otherwise. It's not as, and I understand today there there are podcasts that are specifically in existence for the purpose of of attacking Baptist churches. And you say, well, I don't really know about those. Okay, but this is kind of the scene that I'm on, and I don't listen to anybody's podcast. Some people tell me I need to listen to podcasts. If I listen to a podcast, I'm going to do the podcast. It's not going to happen right now. Um, I'm not saying I never would. There's, there's good stuff out there. People have told me about it. Even this past week, somebody told me about something that was good, and I, I'm not saying I'm against it. But 
podcasts like Recovering Fundamentalist, and then they target Baptist churches as, as though Baptist churches are the only ones that have failures in leadership, failures in doctrine. Have Baptist churches had failures? Yes. Has there been a tendency in what you perceive to be typically conservative Baptist churches where people have abused power and swept it under the rug? Has that happened? Yes. But that's not the only place it's happened. It's not the only place that it's happened at all. Okay, so please get this. Changing doesn't, dis- doesn't only disassociate you from one thing. It associates you with something else. It does. Now, I am going somewhere with this, so please don't be nervous. Just... There's, a, there's a quote from an article. Some fellowship congregations like The Well at Springfield, and I'm, just, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just telling you what it's called. I am going to laugh at the end of this, though, and if you don't pick it up, I'm sorry. Like the well at Springfield in Jacksonville, Florida, were launched without Baptist in the name, but see themselves immersed in Baptist values and calling. Here's a direct quote. We see our Baptist identity expressed in mission partnerships and in the way we are free to be autonomous, said the pastor of the well, Susan Rogers. doesn't just disassociate you it associates you today we get we get so paranoid about not in our culture we get so paranoid about not being associated with that we fail to recognize that you're always going to be associated with something (laughs) give you a couple of illustrations okay i'm sorry i got it i got to bring this way down into the gutter let me talk about taco bell for a minute I had two soft tacos today. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's a blessing. If, if the Taco Bell over, over here on Karcher is performing poorly and customers aren't coming like they used to, and then a, a new general manager is hired and they come in and they say, hey, we're changing the name. We're going to call it the hut of tacos. Taco hut. I like it. We have taco time, taco bell, taco hut. Thank you for thinking that's funny. I appreciate that very much. Nobody else does, but you and I are good, Katie. Anyway, you can change the name, but if you still run out of Baja Blast, thank you, Brother Robbie. Thank you. You can change the name, but if you still take way too long in the drive-thru, would you like to round up the price while you sit in line for another 20 minutes? I'd like to round down, please. No, you can change the name, but it doesn't actually change anything. Let me talk about a successful story in business. Steve Jobs was fired by Apple, and then 10 years later, on the verge of bankruptcy, Jobs was brought back in to run the company. And under his leadership, and even his influence after his death, 
Apple has increased revenue at the time of the, of the research I was doing 40 times and grew from around 8,000 employees to around 147,000 employees. Did he change the name? No. <laughs> no. You know what he did? He changed the way the company functioned from the inside out, from the top down. In a single day as CEO, he laid off every general manager the company had. It was broken up into all of these different branches that were competing each other instead of working towards a common goal. And he brought in a unity and a very clearly defined purpose, got everybody on the same page, and then with the right kind of inspiration, the company took off. I'm not endorsing everything Apple and everything that they support. I'm simply saying that they, he understood that being successful isn't about changing what our company's called. It's about changing what we are from the inside out. So here's the statement. And we're already there. Instead of renaming yourself, Start being what Jesus intended you to be in the first place. Look, again, this isn't critical of everybody else. I, I, can't, I cannot begin to have an opinion about individual decisions. I can have an opinion about trends. And, and just the observable reaction to certain things. Have there been problematic issues within the life of of a specific group of churches. Yes, but those are problems that go all the way back to the book of 1 Corinthians. You talk about moral failings. You want to talk about failures in leadership. Read through Revelation 2 and 3 in the, the letters that were written by Christ to the leaders of those churches. Problems within churches are not new. What was Jesus' answer to those problems? What was his solution? It's not change the name on your sign to disassociate with something. It is start choosing to be like the one that you're supposed to represent. Stop focusing on renaming yourself and start being what Jesus intended you to be. All right, so just a few thoughts of application. Number one, please get this. We are Christians first. We are Christians first. Look, I, I don't talk about this, but, it, but it, this happens all the time when I'm talking to people. People say to me, okay, so what are you? And I know what they mean. You know my answer? What I, I try to do this every time. Well, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? A denomin- no, no. I, I, tr- I have accepted Jesus as my Savior. I've believed in him. And my goal in life is to follow him. No, look, not, I'm not saying anybody in here, but I know that this has the potential it could if somebody heard it ruffle some feathers. Nobody gets into heaven because they're named Baptist. Nobody ever anywhere got into heaven because of the name on the church sign where they attended. Well, if that's the case, then that's not the primary thing by which I identify myself. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I am a Christian first. I follow Jesus first. If I'm going to identify by one name, it's his name. Period. Baptist identifies our doctrinal and our philosophical positions. And as I said, we'll start getting into this next week. But while I... I am a Christian first. I'm also not ashamed 
that I go to West Valley Baptist Church. I'm not hanging my head, well, we go to West Valley Baptist Church. It's like, it's like people talk about the name of the church they go to like people do when they go to Doorknock or something. It's like, I tried, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, then do it. Like, can I, here, I just, I, can I, can I, look, can, can I just, can I, can I give you this track? I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. Like, if you're going to do it, just do it. Hey, can I give you this track? It's an invitation to our church. Oh, you don't have anywhere to go? Oh, you're not interested? No problem. Just wanted to let you have it. Oh, you don't want it? No problem. I'll give it to somebody. No, see you. Have a good day. Knock on the door. I mean, knock on the door. I go to West Valley Baptist Church. I'm not, I'm not talking about being, being frustrated with people that are critical or skeptical. How many of you have found people that are critical or skeptical because you go to a Baptist church? How many of you have found that to be true? Guess what? There are people that are critical and skeptical of people who go to other kinds of churches too. We have let this be turned into such a one-sided thing. If somebody's critical of you because you go to a Baptist church, don't lose sleep over it. Be like Jesus. You know what the most convincing evidence of the kind of church that you go to is? It's how well you emulate Jesus Christ. Okay, we, there should have been a whole lot more amens on that right there. We don't, number two, statement number two. We don't attract people with trends. We attract people by being affected by the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. Um, let, let me give you some other examples of this. Again, I'm not against it. I'm not, I'm not saying, man, I'm going to get, I, there's, there's potential to get myself in so much trouble with this. Some things I'm against, some things I'm not. I'm going to leave you to figure out which ones I'm against and which ones I'm not. Okay, next week when y'all come here, it's going to be a big glass thing. It's going to be drums, electric guitar. And then there's going to be a line of people running along here. Figure out what I'm against and what I'm not. <laughs> this is making y'all really nervous. I'm having fun with this. Hey, one church starts doing something. It's like this is what we have to do to grow. You know, I, I had this. I had a conversation not about those. Well, yeah, kind of about those things with with someone who was asking some sincere questions, and they. They wouldn't land exactly where I do, and that was okay. I had a great conversation with them, and I was so thankful for them coming to me. And, and so we're just, we're, we're talking about some of those things, and, and I made this statement to them. I said, it's not, it's not just about whether or not something is right or wrong in the moment. It's about where does this take you in one or two generations, it's like, well, do you think all these things are wrong? That, that's not even the only issue here. And so many times we get so hung up on, well, I have liberty in Jesus Christ that we fail to consider the consequences of the decisions that we're making generationally. And so I, my, the goal of our music program is not to attract people. Okay. 
I'm glad you're saying amen, but you need to know why you're saying amen. Okay, what is the goal? First and foremost, music was created by God to honor God. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to make y'all weird, uh, make y'all feel weird. No, I actually am going to make y'all feel, feel weird. I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not trying to mess with anybody. If I'm standing in my living room and I want to dance with my wife, I want to dance with my wife. And I'm not dancing to victory in Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Maybe I'm being too transparent right now. Man, we got this fun song. It, it, it's, call, it's called this, Let's Get Married. We are young and full of love and don't have much at all. But age and wage and something, you keep where you are. Let's get married. Oh, oh. let's get married. Oh, oh. man, that's great. Man, I remember being 19 and people were like, you're getting married now. Yes. Man, I, I, I remember working on the pig farm and a bunch of unhappy, disgruntled, dissatisfied, miserable individuals making fun of me for the way I tried to live my life and that I was getting married so young. And I can guarantee you, the last 21 years of my life have been way happier than theirs has been. Let's get married. Oh, okay, anyway. This isn't marriage retreat. I need to move on. I'm not saying it's all about what's wrong, but the purpose the purpose of music is to glorify God. And if we follow this trend that we've got to constantly adapt to culture, that's going to take us down a different road that has different consequences. And singing hymns doesn't mean we're against new songs. I mean, the psalm says sing a new song. You understand that Amazing Grace was a new song at one point? I mean, people forget about that. I've heard people preach about hymns as though you use anything outside of the scope of amazing grace. You're sinning against God. Well, there was a day when amazing grace was one day old. Like, man, this is, this is contemporary. No, because it was. Man, some of you, man, we got way too many conversations we need to have that I just can't have them all right now. Say, what's the point? I'm not trends are not the means by which you attract people. When you attract people with trends, you have to keep up with trends to continue attracting people. What we are as a church needs to be determined by biblical truth and by principle, not by shifting with trends and suddenly it becomes trendy to do this or it becomes trendy to change this or it becomes trendy to implement this. That's not what is going to determine how we do things. We are going to be effective at reaching people by living out the truth and grace of Jesus Christ. I've had people here say this. I never thought I would be a part of a Baptist church. <laughs> Apparently more than one or two or three or whatever. I've had people say that. You know what I say? Okay. High five, you're in now. <laughs> Whatever. It's not, it's not even the main point. You know what? I, I had the same in conversations with people who've talked about that. This is different than anything they thought they knew or anything that they had previously experienced. You know what? That's not, that's not the name on the sign. 
That's people being what they're supposed to be and God blessing. Last thing, and, and I've already repeated this so many times, I just want to make sure you get it in your brain. It's not, it's not just about what we're changing from. It's about what we're changing to. Many churches who followed, and I'm not saying every church that's done this was simply following the trend. I think there are certain there are individual churches that were genuinely trying to do what's best and right before God, and I have no right to say anything about that. But I do know that it became a trend that people reacted to. I do know that. It's like, oh, this is the trendy thing to do, so we're going to go ahead and do it like all the other trends. And they changed that without having a principled, Holy Ghost, biblic, Holy Ghost-led, biblically-founded reason for doing it, and it resulted in taking them down a road and the destination's consequences they did not fully anticipate. I'm not saying everybody's been guilty of that. I'm saying there have been people because they were following a trend. Rather than looking at the core issue, that's where they ended up. Okay, so what's the statement? Again, don't rename yourself. Just be what Jesus intended you to be. You know, if I had the chance to sit down, and I, and I have chances, to, opportunities to meet pastors who are different than me and church leaders who are different than me, and I'm thankful for it. And you know what I don't do when I'm talking to someone that they, they pastor a church where it's not named Baptist? You know what I'm not doing? Telling them you really need to change the name of your church to a Baptist church. You know what I'm talking about? How much of the word of God is affecting the decisions that you're making, and where do you line up on certain doctrines and on certain philosophies? Now, that doesn't mean I don't care about names, because a name identifies you with a doctrine. That simply means this. I'm mostly concerned about what this church is being on the inside. And we don't affect that by changing the name. Because the name means something good. The name means something good. It's a church family that identifies with specific doctrines. You say, well, not every church is like that. I can't help what every church is. I can only help what this church is. You can only help what this church is. Oh, man. And I, okay, one more thing. I'm, I, was, I, met a, I met somebody you don't know. No, you don't know. I'm not even going to tell you where I met him. But it wasn't in Idaho. And the the sign says, blah, 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 Baptist Church. And people would be like, sweet, best one in town. But man, I'm skeptical of everything these days. No, I am skeptical. Because I see what's happening. Just start talking to them. They have no solid position on the word of God. They believe they have fully embraced Calvinism and Reformed theology. I don't, number one, that name is irrelevant if you don't believe the right things. I don't care what denomination you're a part of. It's about following Jesus Christ. So, beginning next Wednesday, we're going to start talking about in detail our certain, we're not going into all of them, 
You have access to all of them. We have a statement of faith any of you can access. If you want to know how to access it and you've never seen it, ask me. Or ask Brother Adam or Brother Vi, Brother Z or Miss Joanna. But our focus is on following Jesus Christ and being true to him. Brother Marcus, come up to the platform. Please, sir. All right, um, please don't forget, uh, the guys going to men's advance tomorrow, there's a VBS decor preparation effort happening tomorrow night from 4 to 9 p.m. here at the church. If you have any questions, see Miss Ann about that. You say, why aren't we already prepping for VBS? Because if you've remembered the church calendar, Camp Camp VBS. No break. Camp Camp VBS. So we have to start getting ready in May. Also, in May, um, the Teen Camp Fundraiser Chili Cook-Off is on Sunday, May the 7th during the PM service. No. No, no, no. The Camp Fundraiser Chili Cook-Off is Sunday, May the 7th during the PM service. Yes. And then on Saturday, May the 6th, is a Lady Spring brunch here at the church at 10.30 a.m. Please, thank you. Yes, there in the back, hallelujah. For the five of you that will be here with Miss Ann, please sign up. See Andrew if you have any questions. Brother Marcus, should appreciate you. Let's sing a song. I love you. Sure am thankful for you. Uh, okay, sorry. If you have questions about this, I understand I'm saying things. And, and I've, I've been experiencing this a lot as a pastor lately, where I get pushed back from both sides of things. I am not, I'm not afraid of questions. So please don't work yourself up over something that you don't understand. Please just ask me. You say, I don't understand this. Can I get some clarification? What do you mean? What do you not mean? Please just ask. Thanks. See you. All right. Please stand, take your hymnals to 177. We'll sing the first verse of Meet Me There. On the happy golden shore, where the faithful part no more, when the storms of life are o'er, meet me there. Where the night dissolves away into pure and perfect day. the end. 